in 2000, a National Geographic explorer uh, discovered something that interested him. And so it actually ended up turning the direction of his life. And it led him to go on a search around the world uh, looking for places in the world where people lived to be very old, centenarians. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to Netflix. There's a neat documentary about it available right now. And so I'm interested in those kind of things, and I began to watch that uh, documentary. And some things didn't surprise me at all, like what you eat has a lot to do with it. Um, how you exercise has a lot to do with it. And there were many things that he discovered that were very similar to what you would think. But then he came upon something uh, in two places specifically, and I'm not going to try to uh, pronounce these words, but the meaning of this word was basically purpose, a sense of purpose that people who lived long are people who have a purpose. There's a reason for them to wake up in the morning. There's something that they have set to do, and that helps them to live long. And it wasn't just something that he picked out. It was a common theme. In these cultures, they actually have words for this idea of having a sense of purpose, and it's something that drives them. We today are going to be looking at finding your purpose. And as I thought about that title, I realized, as I often do, that I probably could have had a better title. <laughs> because what I really want us to focus on this morning, yes, finding your purpose, but more importantly, living your purpose. What is your purpose? And then how do you live your purpose? And you may be sitting, okay, well, I can check out. I know what my purpose is. Um, perhaps you have set something even as a child. You had some big idea that you had set your life to drive to do. I want to accomplish this thing. This is my purpose for living. Or you may be a theologian. And you're sitting out there and you say, I know where you're going. I've done my catechisms. I, I know the answer to this question, what my purpose is. Or maybe you are one of those people who right now you're wondering, what is my purpose? Perhaps you're struggling. And even at this moment, there are moments, there are times when you wonder, what am I here for? I'm not doing anything amazing. I'm not recognized for doing something incredible or being this incredible person. I'm not an influencer. What is my purpose? Well, I think we can leave today knowing for certain what your purpose is. And I hope we'll leave today with a better understanding of how to live that purpose. And yes, it is a theological answer. But out of this theological answer springs all of the other questions, 
the answers to all of the other questions you might have about what is your purpose. So this morning, let's turn our thoughts to our purpose. And we're going to do that by turning to Jeremiah chapter 17. And we're going to start with a purpose revealed. How do you reveal what your purpose is? Jeremiah was called by God to go to the people of Israel. The people of Israel at this time were living in sin. But they didn't always act like they were or think they were. They had this idea that because they were God's special people, then they deserved to receive certain things from God. It didn't matter how they lived their lives. It was we can go and search for the answer to how we want to live our lives in the cultures that are surrounding us. And God will accept us because, hey, we are his chosen people. And so they went to find the answers to their problems, to their famines, to their idea of who they were, their very identity. They would go and bring in the cultures around them. So Jeremiah is going to speak to them and say, look, because you are doing this, God is going to put you into exile. He is going to cause you to suffer because of what is happening. But then the neat thing about Jeremiah is there are these glimpses, these light bulb moments where God also tells them that there's something more that he has, not just for them, but for anyone who will love him. And so we come to one of those moments here where it's contrast. And in that contrast, we can see how we view our purpose. And we also begin to get an idea of where God is leading us in that purpose. Verse 5 of Jeremiah 17. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. How often in our lives are we looking for our purpose in the things around us? I'd like to make the point to us that actions reveal what you value. And what you value reveals your purpose. I mentioned the theologians who know the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And you say, well, I know what the purpose is. And I would say to you... Do you? Do you know what your purpose is? Do your actions show what you value? Can I see that answer, that purpose in your life because you 
your actions are showing that purpose. And we will get to the shorter catechism in a second if you don't know what it is. But I want to draw our attention to where do we typically look to find our purpose? We may know the theological answer, but in our reality of living our lives, we are looking for it somewhere else. And I can look in your life, and you can look in your life, and you can tell what your purpose is because of your actions. Your actions are going to reveal what you give your time to. Your actions are going to reveal what you give your money to. Your actions are going to show where you place the importance of relationships, who you're spending time with, who you're devoting your resources to help. Is it entertainment? Is that's what driving your purpose? Well, I want to be like this person that I see. I want to know what it's like to live that lifestyle. I want to know what it's like to have a certain thing. Or, I want to know what it's like to do great things, to do radical things in this world. I want to start a ministry that accomplishes this great goal in the world for God. And that's what's driving me, and my actions show that. If that is where you're drawing from, is from yourself, you might as well be a Buddhist. <laughs> because that's what the Buddhists say. The Buddhists say, don't worry about should. What is it that you're passionate about? You know, what was it Rush Limbaugh always said? Um, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Search out for what you love. What, what is the thing that you are so passionate about in this life? And then go at it with full gusto. And you'll discover your purpose. And you will find fulfillment in your life. That is the message of the world. But what does Jeremiah say? He says, curse is the man who trusts in the Lord. In, well, actually, it's the Lord through Jeremiah saying, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Do not look to flesh for your purpose. Do not look to man for your purpose. You know what you'll end up you will end up like a shrub in the desert. We were driving to um, church this morning and we saw this little tumbleweed thing going across Wade Hampton. I didn't know we had tumbleweeds in South Carolina, but it was, it was a little weed thing. Just the wind picked it up and just blew it away. It, it had used its life. It was dry and it was just being blown in the wind. Don't be a tumbleweed. Don't be a dry shrub in the desert. Don't look for your purpose in what you want to do. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, 
whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So you have the shrub in the desert going and drawing from the world around them. Uh, Jeremiah goes on later in the book, and he points to how Israel had gone to Egypt to drink water from the Nile. And he went to Assyria to drink from the Euphrates. And of course, this was a metaphor for how they were going to these other cultures and trying to find sustenance. They were trying to find water to water their dry bush their dry shrub in the desert, and it did not satisfy. It could not overcome the dryness of the desert. And God called out to Israel, and he calls out to us this morning, come to my water. I can destroy the dryness. And the beauty of this picture that we have is that God is saying, I am going to plant you by rivers of water. And it's a beautiful word, planted. The picture here is not of putting a seed in the ground and watering the seed until it grows up. It's the picture of transplanting a plant. And as I think about this picture of the shrub in the desert and the tree by the waters. I can't help but think about how I once was a dry shrub. There was nothing. There was no purpose in my life, no matter how hard I tried. No matter how I tried to obey my mom and dad as a little guy, I still got in fights. I still had selfishness. I still mistreated my sisters. And even at that young age, I can remember having a sense of who am I? What am I? Why am I? But God took me, that shrub, in the dryness, and he transplanted me by rivers of water. And I don't know what kind of shrub you are or have been, Draw to your attention at this moment what God wants to do for you. He wants you to be planted, transplanted from the desert to the waters. And that's where we find the true purpose of our lives revealed. Are you a shrub, a dry shrub, or Are you a fruitful tree by the stream? If you are a dry shrub, then it's revealed in your life by what you do. It's revealed in your life by what you are searching after. It's revealed by where you turn in your life to find meaning and identity. And you're looking in the wrong place. But a purpose revealed that is the right purpose is the fruitful tree 
that turns to the waters, that turns to God. That is our purpose. And so we turn to a purpose known. So we'll expand a little bit on that last part. And we'll jump over to Psalm 1, which was read for us this morning. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. This psalm gives us both a commentary there on Jeremiah as well as it speaks for itself. What is the purpose for the person planted by the tree or planted by the river of water? It's very simple. The purpose of the tree planted by the rivers of water is to drink the water. The roots go out. It delights in the water. Have you ever been in a place where you were just so dry and you had exercised or you had been working and you were just, there was, you were cotton mouth. Your mouth was dry and you felt like you were about to pass out because it was so hot and you were, you had exerted yourself so much and you took that glass of cool water and you drank it. Nothing has ever tasted that good before because it was meeting that need when you were dry. You delighted in that glass of water. The person who doesn't follow the way of the world, who doesn't follow the ideas of man, all the people around you telling you, well, this is your purpose. This is how you should live. The person who doesn't listen to that, the dryness, but turns to the water of the word, that is the person who delights in the law. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water. Be a tree planted by the streams of water. So what is your purpose? Jonathan, what are you saying my purpose is from this? Well, now we come to the shorter catechism. (laughs) Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I don't think I could say it any better. And that's why down through the ages, this is what the church has proclaimed. That our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God. And I would make the point that what we are called to do is to glory in God. That's what this tree is doing. This tree is glorying in the water. It's not saying, oh, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make God look good. And I'm going to go accomplish these things and do these things so that I can let everyone see how great of a God I have. Whose purpose 
What's driving even that wonderful sounding thing? What's driving it is you. I am going to bring glory to God in what I do. The tree by the rivers of water, what does it do? It drinks the water. It sends its roots into the water and it drinks it. It delights in it. Your purpose is to delight in God. And how do you do that? You drink of his water. And what is that water? What did Jesus tell the woman at the well? The water is Jesus. How do we know about Jesus? We know about Jesus because our delight is in the teachings about him. We know about Jesus because we are in the book that reveals him to us. Your purpose is to dive into the water, to dive into Jesus, to dive into the revelation of himself to you. That is our purpose And that is what is known to us. But it doesn't end there because the passage continues. Unless you think I say go be a monk in a monastery. (laughs) What does the passage continue to say? He says he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that sends out its roof by the stream. Who does not fear when he comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So you don't get a pass on doing. The purpose should set what you value, and what you value should set your actions. It isn't that you do nothing and just sit and meditate on Jesus. It's that you sit and meditate on Jesus, and that is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit that will take the water that will cause you to never thirst again and give you a purpose, a purpose that changes your life and sets you forward so that you can fulfill the action, the purpose that you would seek in this life. Perhaps you've made, well, my purpose is to raise my children and to raise them for the Lord. And so therefore, I'm going to do these things that are, is going to help accomplish that. I'm going to read all the books. I'm going to go and take seminars And I'm going to learn all about raising children. And I'm going to do this for the glory of God. I know that's what God wants me to do. And that is a wonderful thing to want to do. But if you're doing it that way, I hate to tell you, but you're going to end up in the desert. 
you're going to end up as a dry shrub. Why? Because you probably didn't notice it. But in all of that, you began to shift your identity from the roots to the fruit. You began to say, what makes me important is what is the fruit on the tree? But the Bible doesn't say that. It says the important thing is the root in the water. And when you put the root in the water, what does it say will happen? <laughs> there will be fruit. The things you want to do for God actually happen when you pour yourself into the water. And you drink it. And you bring it into your life. And it isn't just a self-help book. It is a supernatural work. I, we need to understand that. <laughs> Jesus was not a self-help guru. He was someone who transplants you from the desert to the rivers of water. He gives us the strength to love him. And when we love him, what happens? People begin to see. They begin to understand. And they give God glory. When you glory in God, it's the best way to show the glory of God. Because when you glory in God, it's going to change you into his glory. Your purpose is known to you. Paul, how did he say it? He said in Philippians chapter 3, But whatever gain I had, whatever wisdom of, the, of men, whatever I could learn, all of these things I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I'll give up everything to drink of the water of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For this sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul was finding his identity in Christ. That was what he knew would bring glory to Christ. But he also understood that when he did that, it led to others seeing the glory of Christ. Your purpose should set what you value. Loving Christ, putting our, our roots into the water and making that our first and foremost purpose in life leads to values that all of our values begin to get shaped by our knowledge of Christ. And those values will drive why we do and how we do what we do. The roots bring in the water. The leaves then give the fruit. There's a beautiful picture in Ezekiel chapter 47. And we won't go there and read the whole thing. But 
It begins with water coming from the sanctuary. And then Ezekiel goes out with an angel, and the angel is measuring the water. And it goes out, and it goes out, and it's deeper. And finally, it comes a river that you can't pass. And there's a beautiful phrase that just appears a couple of times in that. And it says, and wherever the river goes, wherever the river goes, it describes what happens. There are trees that grow by the side of the river. This river goes into the sea and it turns the sea from salt to fresh. This is a supernatural water. That's going out from where? It's going out from the sanctuary. That is the picture. Whether this is a literal picture of the future or a metaphor, that's not the point this morning. The point is that from the sanctuary, there flows supernatural water. And this picture, it shows up all through scripture, even Jesus at the well, talking to the woman at the well, there's that water again. This, this life-giving, life-changing water flowing out and everything it touches, it causes to flourish. That's what God wants in your life. So that is the purpose is revealed. Which purpose is revealed in your life? What do your actions show is your purpose? In that, what is at the root of all your purpose? Is it to glorify God, to glory in him, and by glorying in him, bringing glory to him? Or are you caught in your own dry desert. I go back to the children thing again, and it could be any other thing in your life. It could be your ministry. It could be your work here at Subaru Road Baptist Church. You put your identity in those things. Let me ask you what happens when it doesn't work. What happens when that position that you've held for so many years has been cut? And your identity and your purpose has been in, oh, I'm, God has called me to this work, to this business, and I'm, I'm using everything I'm earning, I'm using it for God, and I'm doing this, I'm bringing glory to his name. What happens when you're called? Hey, I hate to tell you this, but we're restructuring. Your position is being eliminated. How do you respond to that? How do you respond when your children make choices that you aren't wanting them to make and you can see down the road where that's going to lead them and you don't know what to do? All of those self-help books, all of those seminars aren't helping you right now. What's my purpose? You've placed your identity in being a father or a mother or in being a minister or in being an, a business owner or a teacher. 
You've put your identity, your purpose is bound up in what you are doing. You will end up in the desert. But the man, the woman who goes into the water, sinks the roots into the water. When the desert comes, as it says in Jeremiah, verse 8. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. You see, the fruit that God has purposed for you to, to have isn't always the fruit that you want on the tree. But it is the best fruit. And no matter what happens in your life, even if the fruit is not what you expect, if your roots are in the right place, your identity will be in the right fruit. Because it's the fruit of Christ. So how do we do this? How do we take this purpose from pointing our um, our roots into the water and, and making a difference in the world around us. That's what we want, right? We want to make a difference. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. When then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then he goes on to say all the other wonderful things that he gave to Adam and Eve. And then we come to chapter 2, verse 8. And the Lord planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If we want to understand how we are to be living our lives, we need to go back to the beginning. And this was the beginning where Adam and Eve were given their purpose. Their purpose was to take what God had given them where he had placed them, the special garden, and then the whole world, and they were to cultivate it. They were to cultivate this garden. That is our calling. Our calling in bearing fruit is to cultivate. So let me ask you this question. God has placed you somewhere. Where has he placed you? And I brought this up in a Sunday school class the other day. And I said, you know, where are you when it comes to cultivating? And they were like, well, you know, in, in my church, in my, in my business, 
all these places where we have an influence and we can cultivate. And I said, no, no, no. Where are you right now? (laughs) And some wise person said, I'm here. That's what we are called to do. Where you are, cultivate. It's found in the words of Jesus, reflecting on the words of the Old Testament. What is the greatest command? To love the Lord your God. That is the roots going in the water. What's the second command? The second command is to love others. That's the fruit that shows up on the tree. So when we are digging in and sinking our roots into the water that gives life, that leads us then to love others. If you do a search on purpose, if you do a search on cultivate, even the unsaved world understands that the person who lives the fullest life is the person who's living it for others. Now, what they'll say is you should do that to cultivate that sense of identity that you will feel better about yourself because you're helping other people. That will turn into a dry shrub. That will place you in the desert. Because what happens when people don't love you in return? What happens when people don't fulfill what you desire from them? You're sunk. But when you are loving others because Christ first loved us and we love him that leads us to love others, we begin to cultivate. So I want to ask you this morning, as you're living a purpose, what are you cultivating? 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatever you do, wherever you are, Do all to the glory of God. And again, I want to stress, it isn't that we are going out and saying, I am going to bring glory to God in what I do, and therefore God is going to think better of me. God is going to say, ah, great, I got glory. What if you were a paraplegic? What if you were... Laying on the ground. I I heard a story of people who went into a movie theater and they were sitting there and, you know, they had the films before and there was like for eight minutes, there was a picture of a ceiling fan just turning around. And at first people were like, oh, this is, you know, art noir. This is really kind of edgy. We're sitting here watching a fan. Then they started getting very frustrated Because this fan was just spinning, nothing was happening. And at the end, it said you just were able to have the point of view of a young child who is a paraplegic. And they're laying on their back, and this is what they see for hours on end. How does that person bring glory to God in what they do? Where is their identity? That person can glorify God because that person can glory in him. God 
isn't expecting a paraplegic to get up and walk and do stuff and go to Africa. But boy, he delights in a child who perhaps can't do anything else but lay there and pray and hear his word and delight in this God who not only has given him life, but will ultimately give him healing in the life to come. We put too much emphasis on what we do and not enough emphasis on who we are in Christ. In Christ is what brings glory to him. We are Christ's glory. We are the reason that he died so that we could be redeemed that we could go back to the garden and do like Adam and Eve were meant to do and delight in him. Do you delight in him? And then does that shape what you do? Does that give you the purpose, a purpose lived? Because it's not enough to know the purpose in your head. It's not enough to know the shorter catechism. It's not until we begin to live the shorter catechism, glorying in God, that we're able to see glory lived out. Actions reveal what you value. What you value reveals your purpose. Your purpose should set what you value. The right purpose should set what you value. What you value should set your actions. The person whose actions are motivated by values driven by a perfect purpose is a person at peace. Are you struggling this morning? Are you seeking for your identity and what the world thinks about you? Or... Are you even shaping it by what the people sitting around you here in this church think of you? Have you set as your main purpose in your life is is to accomplish this radical thing? Even if it's to accomplish this radical thing for God. Is that your purpose? Those aren't bad purposes. But if those become your identity... You are not living your purpose. You are producing fruit that will dry and will die. Our purpose is to love God, enjoy him forever, bring him glory. God created us and redeemed us to live an abiding life of communion with him. That is your purpose. If you will set out in your life to abide in communion with Jesus, all the other purposes will fall in place. It's a supernatural work for God in our lives. God created us and redeemed us to live an abiding life of communion with him. Are you 
doing that. Father, we thank you for your word. We are thankful that it is the revelation of you to us, that it is the water flowing out from the sanctuary. It is the water that flows into the dryness of the world around us, and it begins to change the desert into fruitfulness. The trees begin to grow along the bank. The fish began to come forth. The salt water turns fresh. It's a supernatural work that you have done for us. But it's found in the treasure of your word. Let us dive into it. Let us take our roots and sink it deep. Sink those roots deep into your word. Let your word change us. Not give us the answers to life's problems, but to change us, transform us, transplant us from a shrub into a tree that bears fruit, whose leaves are always green, no matter what the heat is around us, that brings fruit that is glory to you. Use your word this morning to awaken in us a desire to delight and in doing so bring you glory both by glorying in you and then living that glory out so that others see you in us. We pray these things in the name of the living water, Jesus. Amen.